Hello, welcome back to the Wilma podcast, the White Lives Matter podcast where we discuss how white lives matter always and the rest of us just matter sometimes. Uh, my name's Sarah Good Medicine. I use she, her pronouns, and uh, we're sitting in Steve's backyard right now. Uh, who else am I sitting with? Hi, <laughs> uh, everyone. This is uh, Steve Wright, um, the white man, and uh, we are actually sitting in my backyard um, in the middle of a white neighborhood middle oh. class. <laughs> Did you just say that so easily a moment ago? <laughs> Uh, thanks for coming, everyone. It's nice to be outside and enjoy this beautiful, beautiful time of year. Um, I think it's my turn to make the land acknowledgement, right? Mm -hmm. and, and again, um, I want to truly acknowledge the fact that, that uh, we're um, actually, I'm very fortunate to be on this land, to be able to partake in the opportunity and enjoy nature as it is. I, I, I'm truly fortunate that I have access you know to nature and it's really close and uh the reality is sometimes i feel like i'm squatting on someone else's property and <laughs> i'm not ready to actually leave yet and do you think it's just you squatting uh it's us white folks right we just kind of came over and squatted and said oh thanks and <laughs> now you can't kick us out <laughs> yeah what what's squatting maybe there's some folks who don't know sure what i actually is. first came upon the term when i was uh traveling and i was living in australia for a bit and, and they have a, a funny law or they did back then whereas if somebody went and squatted in a an empty house you just legally couldn't kick them out so they could actually squat there live there without actually paying any rent or anything like that and that's that analogy i always think about that right it's, i kind of think here we are we're not paying rent <laughs> yeah, we haven't signed a lease or anything like that. We're squatting on people's land. Yeah, that reminds me of a bar I wrote recently. <clears throat> it was like, uh, this is native land and your rent's overdue. Your careers will be lucky to be alive when I'm done with you. Colonization is inside the mind, so align yourself. I'm the queen we to have. Good, good, perfect, yes. And so, yeah, so I want to do that. I also, um, we have talked about this, um, I also want to, I want to acknowledge the fact that what's happening over in the Middle East and Gaza is not right. I want to stand up for those people that don't have a voice and that are oppressed. And, and I think what's appalling to me, what's happening over the world, is that racism has reared its ugly head and uh, people aren't actually hiding it at all. It's frightening for me. Yeah, like when you say that, because I feel like there's a lot of messaging in the media, and we're not going to be on this topic for too long, but um, the messaging in the media, like so what I was seeing in my feeds is a lot of pro-Palestine stuff, which is really important. That's, you know, um, Palestine has been colonized by, by Israel, but that is not sort of the hegemonic position uh, Absolutely like not. Not the powers to be, and that's a good point. Is that our social media is, is totally distorted and contrived, and is used to to put these messages into our brains. Uh, it's actually distorting what's actually really happening up there, and I, that's what I find appalling. I think freedom of speech is just a term now that uh, you can see that happening in major universities across the world, mm. where students are speaking up and are getting slammed and threatened by that. Hmm. That's that's purely racism. 
Yeah. And I think one thing that I thought was interesting uh, when we were discussing this topic in the production meeting is that you, um, well, well, I was asking you, like, cause I, like, I don't follow Middle East politics too much or whatever, really anything. Um, but like Israel, Israelites or Israel folks, um, as opposed to Palestinians look, is, Israelis look quite white, like visually yes. compared yeah. to Palestinians. Yeah. So just even on sort of a color. Well, and I think we need to to remember too is that um, the people that, that call themselves Israelites are actually people from other countries, right? And we're born in different countries, right? And their most unifying force is, is their religion, is, is the religion of Judaism. And so, mm-hmm. um, however, history... You know, Israel has always had a, a violent, violent history since 1949 of trying to occupy the lands of Jordan and Egypt. There was a big war in 1967. So, again, we don't want to get into it an awful lot, but I think, and for you white folks that are sitting out there saying you'd like to really stand back and you feel sorry for these people, that's just another form of racism is trying to be neutral. There's no such thing as being neutral in this. Yeah, it's a really good point, and I feel like... Um when I think about that conflict, you know, I don't feel uh, like I feel empathy and a connection with Palestine because they are d- defending their territory and their home from ongoing colonialism. And I do find it ironic that um, that it's easier for people to care about colonialism that's happening somewhere else than it is right here. Like, we're in Steve's backyard. We're in Mokinstis Treaty 7 right now. And uh, we are literally on uh, colonizing lands. Like, we, we are continually being colonized. And, you know, it also, I think, shows that there's a connection there that this is happening worldwide. And maybe, you know, maybe that's a step people got to go through is to see it somewhere else before they see it in themselves but it's like i feel like by white folks in particular white-minded folks as we brought up repeatedly on the podcast that you know uh, to me by white minds and white skin folks aligning with israel what they're doing is really not they're they're choosing to not see their own role in colonialism where they are living and standing right now, specifically on Turtle Island here, North America uh, in particular, but as uh, Europe colonized 95% of the world and are still going, uh, like, you know, I feel like it's not just uh, Turtle Island that uh, this is referring to. No, no, I think it's happening. It happens all over the world. And um, you were mentioning something before about India. Support for Israel is like supporting support from India. Well, I was. I think we're, what we're talking about is is uh, um, there's all these events that are occurring all over the world, um, and what, if some people may say they're just random occurrences, and there's really no cl- uh, connection. But if you step back and take a look, there's a comment I saw about how some people in India were. Uh, you know, pro-Israel and, and uh, you know, and from and different places, different factions are coming up. And it just, uh, it worries me when I see that right-wing extremism coming up, like the banning of books in the United States of America. Again, another example where people's freedom of speech 
that's simply a term and it's not taken. I mean, for it, real. Yes, I do believe people should be able to speak their truth. I, just, I just want to point out when you say it, freedom of speech coming from a white person, it just is hard to hear. But I, I feel well, it. no, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I'm just, I just need to honor that no, gut feeling that I no, get when you say yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, sorry, I misspoke. That support for Israel is coming from India is actually, um, you know, the thing, and that it. You know, we were just talking again how this white consciousness works. You know what I mean? India was colonized by the British. Absolutely. And they have internalized, uh, you know, as much as they've kept some of their religions, the divisions that came from being colonized, like uh, India and Pakistan, that division that didn't exist before the British came there, persists today. And so you could say, or I would say, that that... Uh, form of white consciousness of division and race and racism uh, and really hate uh, still exists there. And now, again, just like what I'm saying, um, where white folks and white-minded folks are standing in solidarity from Turtle Island, it's not South Asia. Uh, South Asia is also... No, and I think we also want to add, though, that it's interesting the countries that are in support of Pakistan are, are ones that have, are countries that have been oppressed, right? So... Colombia, Venezuela, they've all, you know, they've stood up and said, you know, you know, we think what's happening in Palestine is atrocious and they're getting slammed for that too, right? And do you, like, this might be a funny question, but do you see yourself in Israel? I see myself as, as part of a group of people that have, that have oppressed others absolutely in colonized lands and have squandered all lands that are not ours do i see that in relation to what's happened in israel absolutely those wars that actually happened like the war uh, israel between egypt was a significant one in 1967 mm-hmm. and it was it was about extending the boundaries yes and they and they were wanting to do like it conquer, by violence like it feels like saying it Everybody's Conquered. talking about language right now. Yeah, so like it feels like by saying expanding the boundaries, it's like a nicer way to say, but they're conquering and colonizing those lands. Absolutely. Um, and then they were called heroes at the end of the war. Do you, just out of curiosity, do you feel, because I like to keep it in a place where we're both reflecting as opposed to, I think it's really easy to get to a place where we're saying we both know, because we don't know shit. No. That's the reality. That's why we're having these discussions is to look into ourselves and, uh, you know, just see how whiteness and colonialism has been internalized in us. And so when I asked you that question, do you see yourself in Israel or Israelis, you know, I think it brings us sort of to our next point here um, that's really important uh, just around some of this transformation has to come from being vulnerable. And so I feel like maybe why you pause to think for a sec is because that was a vulnerable question. And I, I feel like you're fine. Like, I don't feel like that was too vulnerable or nothing, you know. But I think, you know, us being vulnerable is really where the change comes from. And for us to be able to see the oppressor, to be able to see the colonizer, to see the white supremacist in us, like, that is part of the way we're going to be able to shift the world and that takes vulnerability like how do you feel when i say that because i do see that in you you know there's ways that uh what like when you avoid talking about something or even if it sounds like 
progressive. Sometimes you say woke things that sort of actually protect your power. And you know what I mean? And so in a way, and I'm not saying like, again, I'm in this group too. You know what I mean? I'm not uh, somebody who's immune to the effects of colonialism. You know what I mean? I grew up thinking I was white. I'm very, um, you know, able to access power in our society because of that. Um, you know, all these things. So, but like, you know, what, what do you, yeah, I feel like you just went in deep into thought now. No, actually I was, I've been thinking about, uh, this vulnerability piece and, and, and what it means actually. And do you feel it relates to what I just said? Absolutely. I, absolutely. I think, um, Whenever, and it's a conditioned response, and I really think, though, that in order for us to affect change, we have to put ourselves in those positions that we are vulnerable in order to really, really, truly see what's happening. Yeah, and what does that mean for you? Because, like, um, you know, for instance, um, like something we wanted to talk about with this is that you were reminding me the first time that I sort of challenged your white power the white supremacist in you and you were mad at me is, yep. is how you were remembering it. And I was, and I, and I felt threatened and, and, you know, it's sort of kind of like my, my, my white superpower sort of came into play. It's like, <laughs> how dare you say that? Uh, and I, I did feel indignant and I did feel, you know, that I was being attacked. And I, here's the thing to think about. I've been thinking about a lot, you know, what is, what does it take to be vulnerable? What is it to make yourself vulnerable? Well, it takes one, I think it takes, I'm not sure if courage is a word to use, but I, I need to, you need to really put yourself in a vulnerable position in order to see what's truly happening, what the person is saying. Um, hmm. And you were talking about the difference between being nice and kind, and, and that really hit home, too, is it? Um, How did it hit home? Well, you know, we're, we're, you know, our whole lives we've been taught to be nice. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, and, like, I, and I think the message gets really distorted that way, right? Because it doesn't really truly come out. It's not poignant to the point. Um, I think, you know, when you were talking about you were being kind to me because you were telling me exactly how you felt. Um, yeah, like, I guess I do want to ask you, like, do you do you see that kindness? Like, do you... At the beginning, hell no. I thought you were attacking me. It's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, however, and reflection and thinking about that, yeah, actually, it's uh, being kind to someone is, is really revealing the truth. Ooh, <laughs> I just felt something in my tummy from that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I th I think that's really a good point. I think, you know, being kind to somebody is revealing the truth. Hmm. That's really, I'm really glad you said that because, you know, I think you have been s somewhat, re well, you have been, receptive and in, in different ways i think you've been challenging in, in other ways but um i do feel like um that's what i'm interested it's like when i like that's why i told you when when uh you were just saying to me earlier uh about free speech it's like it's kind of triggering for me a little bit to to hear you as a white person say free speech you know what i mean because like the context of that is is and you represent your it's race ironic. you know what i mean 
Yeah. How, how, is it, how is it ironic? What do you mean by Well, that? I think for me to, to say that uh, what we were chatting about, if you recall, I was talking yes. about how in the States you, you see these books being banned. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you see what's happening in the universities because a lot of student organizations, the Palestinian Students Organization and Harvard was being attacked. Yes. Um, and I was talking about how free speech really isn't really free anymore. It's just a term. And then... The ironic piece about me, it's a white person that's kind of saying, like, what happened to our free speech? Yes, it grosses <laughs> me out. Always, <laughs> but I, you know, it is a valid point. And I think, you know, there's perhaps reflection there for me even to learn the feeling. And maybe that's what it is. I think a lot of it has to do with the feeling of, like, being able to feel whether you are saying that to use your power or you are saying that as a human. And I think it's you know, even a part of the way that I've internalized white supremacy is like, if I can't see, if there, if you are genuinely saying that people should be able to speak their truth, you know, as another human being, if the whole goal is to get off this, this dynamic of oppressor oppressed, then, you know, I still have to make sure that I can see that in you. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's another part of that. And the other thing I wanted to mention, um, is that, uh, sort of going in line with how um you know the state and hegemonic powers are aligning with israel you know some people were thrown off by stanford do you know what i mean i don't know exactly what's happening i think you're a little bit more in the loop with that but you know i was talking to some folks about this this week and sounds like yourself included were surprised that this came from stanford but to me I'm like, fuck, these organizations, these institutions were based in colonialism and white supremacy. And I'm not saying there weren't other races that were a part of it and, and you know, these sorts of things. But you know what I mean? We're talking about uh, a society that has been constructed on the genocide of indigenous peoples like that. You know, certain things are just not going to go away. And it does not surprise me at all that a white institution that does have, you know, we might say the D word diversity, you know, <laughs> but like, <laughs> feels like a swear word. But like, you know, um, I just don't like, I just don't like it. But yeah. uh, it's not that I don't, it's not, don't get me twisted. Uh, it's not that I don't agree with the idea of diversity, but I, it's like land acknowledgments, it's like inclusion, all these words, they become accessorized and it makes us feel like there's progress, so, yeah. you know, and that same, to me, that this is just being affirmed by what I'm, what's happening at Stanford. And Well, and here's, here's a, it's funny you brought up Stanford. Um, <laughs> I was, you and I were chatting about Harvard, but Stanford also is, it's kind of, again, it's a funny situation. I don't know if you realize it, but Stanford for decades and decades and decades, was a bastillion of power for the disability movement. It was known all over the world for a. a oh, a, sorry. A, the 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 big news is around Harvard. Yes, it oh, was okay. Harvard, but that's okay. But you, it was funny when you. Well, and here's an example where Stanford is is you know noted for that, but it's still a colonized institution, and of course, it's still controlled by the white power. I think what we were chatting about is Harvard was actually, Harvard, you know, a lot of presidents have actually, CEOs of companies have actually graduated from Harvard School. And as soon as all these students, and it wasn't just a few students either, Sarah, it was 49 student organizations right across the campus. Right across. The, 
wrote this letter collectively together. To advocate for... For Palestine, for the rights of Palestine. And, and, and so... So wow. that's not those aren't just a few isolated extremist terrorist no, people. It would it would take <laughs> terrorist people. It would take uh uh a lot of coordination and initiative to get that well, um consensus yeah. that we need to do this sort of thing. Yes, so I and, agree. And, I think you know, and I thought good for you for doing that, right? That's what universities are you know, always stood for, freedom of speech. That was what it was all about. But Immediately, as soon as uh, a former president of the university got wind of this and put out in a Twitter, um, so for two days nothing happened. All of a sudden, as soon as he put out this Twitter saying he wanted the names and pictures of these students to make sure that they that he yeah. would never ever hire one of them, Jesus. I thought that's appalling. That is. Appalling. I mean, it is. You know, it is appalling. But again, I just. I don't want to. Like, I feel like it's stupid to play the "told you so" card. But I just feel like. You know what I mean? <laughs> Go like. Go ahead. <laughs> well, no, I just feel like it. It. We should be expecting this instead yes. of being surprised by this. And I think, you know, you had mentioned to me there's a lot of interesting things going on in the world right now. Before we started recording today, and I feel like that is true. And there's a lot of energies going on and things shifting, you know, and a lot of shitty things happening. Uh, but, you know, they're not surprising to me. Like, I feel like the if we like I just feel like the only thing I've ever seen change people is dialogue. It's dialogue yeah. and circles of people, you know, maybe dialogue between us perhaps is happening. You know what I mean? But, I, you know, but by going into ourselves, that's literally the only way that we can shift these things is by going into ourselves and And taking action. And yes. So reflecting, going into ourselves, seeing those things and then taking action on the world to change it. But the only way that we can take action on the world is to appropriately see it and to appropriately see the world is, you know, this isn't some woke shit. This is just true is that your inner world is a reflection of your outer world. And so if you are not seeing how you have internalized violence and oppression um, and white supremacy, for instance, inside of yourself, you will not be able to appropriately see it outside of yourself. And you will not be able to uh, go through a transformative process through your actions to make the world uh, a place where it is free from those oppressions because you're the residue of those oppressions because they still exist inside of you will still be within those those actions and so you like you do need to take action but yeah. you that it's a process of both yeah. reflecting and acting and it takes it takes both and to see the world is to see yourself to see yourself is to see the world and so people want to point the finger uh, I wrote this <laughs> I wrote I wrote this bar recently um uh about uh <laughs> some people might not like this but um uh, uh all you bitch ass rappers just want to point uh the fing or uh to point the finger away so I amputate that finger and sew it pointing back at the um hate is a human thing so leave creator out of it uh the game needs me cuz I'm the medicine and proud of it so you know, that bar is really about, you know, I'm talking about rappers and hip-hop culture, but I am also referring to just human beings as we are. We we point the finger away. And I th- <laughs> yeah, I know you, I was thinking about it when I was practicing those bars in the mirror. You said that thing where you're like, 
it just sounds corny, but it does make sense. You're like, if you point the finger away, there's three pointing back at you. You know what I mean? And It's quite easy <sighs> to criticize the actions of others, but the only really control you have is really to control your own actions. Yes. And I think, you know, that's what I was talking about. Take action. Less activity, more action. Yeah. Well, yeah, I just feel like that we do need to reflect and we do need action. I don't know if one is more important than the other, but you cannot act appropriately on the world um, if you don't see the world, which is to say you don't see yourself. And if you uh, if you don't see yourself and you see yourself in the world, you won't be able to appropriately act. Seeing, you know, speaking of which, there was a story that I wanted to share of a Swiss guy that I ended up having a chat about and we were talking about the heritage of Swiss people and how they came from mercenaries and cheesemakers and um, they sort of got caught up in the mountains there, whatever, defending, I think, from France and, you know, some other surrounding nations. And um, I was talking about, I said, did, did, you know, did you hear about the African uh, currency sort of situation? So I, I don't know, I haven't been, like, professionally educated on this, but, you know, from people I've talked to, they say that Africa is looking at, excuse me, uniting and uh, using a unified currency which would really give them a lot more power in the world um, than they currently have, which right now they've been the subject to many colonizing exploiters, or still are to this day. Um, you know, China, Spain, uh, Britain, France, to name a few. Um, and uh, so, you know, I mentioned that to him, and I could feel a resistance in what he was saying, and it was like, and the, the story, like what he told me afterwards was that, well, as if this like had some relevance of like why it shouldn't happen. He's like, well, there's only so much pie in the world and we all have a slice of that pie right now. For somebody to get more, that means somebody has to get less. And I'm just thinking like, fuck, like as a Swiss person who, like, I mean, it makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, but like, it just sort of didn't rub me the wrong way when he said, that um that you know for for somebody else to gain somebody else has to lose well what if some those people already took too much you know what i mean europe colonized 95 of the world and still going and i and as spe it feels like maybe a true swiss perspective because they call it neutrality but uh you know what i mean what's your saying about being on the fence the point, the problem with sitting on the fence and trying to be neutral is that after a while, that piece of wood's just going to feel really, <laughs> really sore on your butt. I think, uh, I, I, I think, I think they like, <laughs> anyways, yeah. I feel like that might be homophobic, yeah. but, um, you know, I do. Being neutral like, is actually being racist. Well, yeah, and I think this is another part that we wanted to bring up because University of Calgary and Mount Royal University in Mokinstis, Calgary here have taken a stance on the Israel-Palestine situation, and to me, they're both equally racist. One, UFC taking a stance to say we're with Israel is siding with the colonizer, and two, for Mount Royal to say, well, we side with both uh, parties is to say, you know, we side with the colonizer. It's just more politically correct, you know, to take that Safe position. Safe spot for them. Exactly. When, when a fucking racist, you know, this happens all the time, you know, where a white person will be called in about their racism by a BIPOC person and 
uh, a manager will get involved, for instance, and that managers say, well, I can see both sides. Well, because they're choosing not to see color or they're choosing not to see power in that, which really they benefit from, which is part of that equation, um, they are choosing to side with the oppressor. Mm-hmm. And so um, I like what you say about um, it being racist. Um, so I think, uh, you know, I think this is sort of interesting. and This brings up sort of a broader topic of white solidarity. And you had mentioned to me in our production meeting around how you felt um, that white solidarity is very fragile. And uh, how, how did you describe it? Um, I can't remember exactly, but I'm sorry. When you something about it. chickens? Oh, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of it reminds me of when um, I don't know if people know this, but I'm probably showing my age. But you know, on a lot of farms there were hen houses, and uh, like hens being hen, female hens. chickens. Yeah, yep, and and so the hens and, and chickens and the baby chicks would all be in a an enclosed compound and. Uh, if ever a fox or someone came in to attack them or grab one of them, they'd all kind of scatter and there'd be a whole bunch of noise and stuff like that. And whenever I think of of whenever uh, white powers being being threatened or challenged, um, I see people scrambling all over the place, right, to get out of the way and like, how dare you do that? And and uh, what's happening in the world right now is a perfect example of that, is where, is where all the white folks, all the people that have power and control, are scrambling now because mm-hmm. they feel threatened. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's really true. I feel like it is a fear thing. And I've watched it happen before so many times where, you know, white folks will have each other's back. You know, they'll make all sorts of excuses for each other. They'll things like benefit of the doubt come up. You know what I mean? All these things, um, you know, can't make assumptions, da 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 you know, I, t- I actually shared recently um, an experience that I had. There was a festival that I did a, a, a performance, you might say, for. It was sort of a organized artist experience. It wasn't just me. but um, And I told them, I brought up their white. Um, and the f- uh, festival is primarily uh, white. And I brought up an incident of racism that came up. And not, I think to them, to the white person I was telling who's, who actually is in charge of this festival, the top person, they, you know, for them, they had a hard time, even though they were really polite and nice about it, and I know, you know, some people are better uh, about this than others, they said, um, you know, I, because um, the person didn't say anything explicitly about race or being native or whatever, you know, um, it was hard for them to understand that it was racist. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, as a white person, what like what are you hearing when I'm saying that? Like, if I were to come to you, if you were that, well, I, I uh, two things I think about is it, it sounds to me like a cop out almost. It's you know because you know somebody didn't call it out as racism. Um, what you, what you mean? Well, it's kind of like perpetuating the myth or like I don't understand what racism is, right? And, um, you know, people say, oh, I'm not racism. This is how I am and stuff like that. And I think that's a really a piece of de- the denial piece. That's it, part of the, the like power. I, I get that. And that's probably the response that person would get. But do you mean, like, if I came to you and said this 
person um, did this thing to me and like they did it because like I'm racialized, you know, and but there was no mention of race. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like the situation was I was stopped repeatedly by this person at the event. You know what I mean? By security? Volunteer security. Yeah. 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 And this person was white and was very aggressive with me. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I feel that, but do, <laughs> don't get too woke up. No, like, tell no. me, tell me, you know, like, from, well, from the from the white perspective, you know what I mean? From the white perspective, and actually because I volunteered at security at major events and stuff like that, I can see exactly how all of a sudden a white person is giving more power. And it's almost like they're giving permission to actually challenge people. And so... Um, so you can see that, and you could even see that in yourself, perhaps. Absolutely, absolutely, right? We, we have you, a tendency, us white folks, to profile people. If you're not one of us, then you're one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, heard it from the house, horse's mouth. Um, and then, like, with that person who uh, was in charge that I referred to, like, why do you feel like she had a hard time understanding that it was racist? Even though, like, you could tell she wasn't, she wasn't, she did challenge me on it. She, you know, um, she did it in a nice way. You know what I mean? But, and she, she was sort of receiving it as feedback, but you could tell it made her feel a certain kind of way. Yeah. It probably made her feel really a comfort, uh, um, uncomfortable. And, and I, yeah. I think it would have been better if she would have looked at you and said, I'm so sorry you felt that way and that happened. What do you think that, you know, we can do about it? How, how do you think we can rectify well, the thing, that? Well, the thing is she did, and then I told them that the, um, <laughs> that I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm already exhausted telling you this. I don't want to tell your organization yeah. how to change. You know what I mean? So yeah, I feel like... Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that maybe that wasn't the proper thing to say, but I, I just, I really think that we have to quit. I think that's a defense mechanism, right? Is explain to me what you mean by that. You know, how did it, how, how did right, it, it puts it you? back on me? Yes, and it should be us looking and saying, well, that's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Even though it's not ridiculous, it's actually the norm. But it's the norm. But I mean, that's it's ridiculous in the fact that that shouldn't just shouldn't happen. And maybe that's the part about. Uh, for us, our our ability, our ability that we've been conditioned is not to see those things, and to have blinders on. Maybe I think it goes back to being putting yourself in a vulnerable position and saying, "Yes." Hmm. Maybe that that is what it is. It's it's a willingness to to be in the vulnerability. I think that's well. That feels like what it is. Well, gee, um, that's our time here. Uh, just to get us wrapped up here. That's a great last point. Uh, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Wilma Podcast, the White Lives Matter Always podcast, where we describe how the world around us, in the world around us, white lives matter always, and the rest of us just matter sometimes. And um, you can connect with us on Instagram at, at the Wilma Podcast. That's T-H-E-W-L-M-A Podcast. Uh, you can also connect with us at the Wilma Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, we are on Twitter. We don't watch it too much, but we are on Twitter if that's your world. And, um, yeah, been been a good recording with you.
Thanks, everyone. We'll see you. See you.